Welcome to Ag Annex Talks, a podcast brought to you by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. Join the teams behind Top Crop Manager, Potatoes in Canada, Fruit and Vegetable, Manure Manager, and Canadian Poultry Magazines for compelling conversations with some of the most important voices in Canadian agriculture. Hello, and welcome to the second episode in our Top 4 Under 40 series. These four episodes will feature conversations with the winners of Fruit and Vegetables' recent contest, which sought to recognize the industry's young trailblazers. My name is Alex Bernard, Associate Editor for Fruit and Vegetable Magazine, and your host for this series. Our second episode features Hayden Dooney, General Manager of the Norfolk Fruit Growers Association and co-owner of Suncrest Orchards. Lisa Harawinen, Hayden's nominator, had this to say about why he deserved the award. My name is Lisa Herwinen, and I work with Hayden at the Norfolk Fruit Growers Association. I nominated Hayden because his passion for agriculture is undeniable. His role as a grower at his own apple orchard is a full-time job on its own, and he somehow manages to balance that with being the general manager at the fruit growers. He's a strong advocate for other growers, he is generous with his knowledge and experiences, and he approaches business with a constant eye for innovation. He does not see limits as to how we can constantly improve what we're doing for the benefit of our growers and customers. Norfolk County, and especially our association, is truly lucky that Hayden chose our community to plant his roots. Hi, my name is Alex Bernard, Associate Editor for Fruit and Vegetable Magazine, and I'm here today with Hayden Dooney. How are you doing today, Hayden? Doing great, thanks, Alex. Thanks for joining me today. Hayden is one of the winners of our Top 4 Under 40 contest, so we'll just be chatting a little bit about the fruit and veg industry and how he got involved. And on that topic... Actually, this has a couple questions to it, but we'll start out. How did you get involved in the fruit and vegetable industry in general? Yeah, so I grew up in New Zealand. I grew up on a family owned and operated apple farm. Uh, was actually primarily apples. We did a little bit of stone fruit and some field crops as well. And I went away from, from the apple industry and studied in grape and wine production. And before I settled down into grape and wine production, I just said to myself, you know what, maybe I want to see some other parts of the world first. I took over, took off overseas, went to the UK and worked for an apple importer. And through that relationship there, uh, actually the Norfolk Fruit Growers Association was supplying them at the time. So I came over here on a working holiday just to see another part of the world and get some more exposure to another, another part of the industry and never ended up leaving. Seems like Apple's called you back, whether you were intending to or not. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of an interesting story, how huh? when you move in one direction and end up coming back to it. So it's been a fun journey so far. That's good. We know how you ended up in Canada, but why did you stick around? Like, was there something specific about Canada's apple industry? Uh, actually, Norfolk County is a beautiful part of the world. And agriculture is a bit, of a bit of a base for me. So being involved in the agricultural industry here and getting to work with a bunch of ag professionals and being able to, to come ahead in life and, and just be engaged in an industry that I love, it wasn't much more complicated than that. It's nice when it makes it a simple decision. So what's one major challenge you faced in your journey through the fruit and vegetable industry? Well, I hate to talk about it too much, but it's definitely COVID. Challenges at the farm, both at the farm and also at the, at the farm, at the Norfolk Fruit Growers Association. We have food supply that needs to continue and just getting through all the regulations and and sometimes winging it a little bit to make sure that we're doing everything we can to keep people safe every day. 
Yeah, it has thrown a major wrench in things. And you mentioned earlier that the Norfolk Fruit Growers Association hasn't closed down since it started. What ways have you found to work around or work with the regulations? So I think the, the most important thing that we had to think about to start with at the onset of COVID uh, was we had to just rethink about what we were actually doing. We're already in the food, food supply business. And a lot of the things that, that we do as a business on a daily basis are a lot of the things that help prevent the spread of, of COVID-19. So I think just uh, the biggest thing was uh, us getting some reassurances that we were doing the right things with respect to uh, sanitation and, and hand washing and uh, all the good things that just go along with commerce. also doing the same job that we needed to be doing for, for COVID-19 as well. You and your wife run Suncrest Orchards. Has COVID thrown a wrench into that business as well? Yeah, definitely from the perspective of workers and work availability. There's been a lot of challenges and we continue to see them here uh, in the news with respect to um, temporary foreign workers bringing people in from another country and having them in a concrete living environment. Now, you folks started Suncrest Orchards just a couple years ago, correct? Yeah, 2019. Nice. What made you decide to get into that side of apple production as well? It was an opportunity that we had because we had some other farmers that were leaving the business at the time. And we'd already purchased, we already owned the house that was in front of one of the properties. And yeah, it was basically just a, a conversation that turned into a, a reality for us when we were able to purchase the, the farm. We were supported by, by the bank. We banked with Farm Credit Canada. Uh, they've been really good with us. They, uh, they took us under their arm and brought us along with them. And yeah, we've been successful actually in a further property purchase since then uh, using Farm Credit Canada as well. So yeah, opportunity arose and something, again, getting further back to the grassroots of what I enjoy, which is is the growing of the product and, and marketing of the product. So being able to just make the, make the further connection there with the land base in order to be more involved with the, the apple industry here. Nice. That might tie into this next question. What's an accomplishment or innovation you're particularly proud of? Yeah, definitely the, the ability to be able to, to uh, further ingrain ourselves in the agricultural industry here uh, by, have, by being a farm owner as well. I know from, from my perspective, looking outwards to growers, sometimes you have to ask growers to do things that, that cost money or that, uh, that add work to them at the farm level. And I now what, know what those large impacts are on growers when I'm asking those questions. So I'm, uh, I'm in this too, the same way as what they are. Yeah, it adds an extra level of empathy and knowledge. Your nominator, Lisa, mentioned that since you've been at the association, you've advocated for technology and robotics in the, in the uh, operations of the association. Uh, are there any that you could tell us about? Yeah, so one of the more recent ones is something that I'm particularly proud on. We work with a, a company out of Waterloo. The name, was, uh, the name of the, the manufacturer is Total Operations Performance. They're a, uh, a business there that's worked a lot in the bakery and the egg business to implement robotic, robotic strategies. The relationship's proven to be a, a really great one. They've been able to put some first, I would call it first in the world, uh, concepts for apple packing technology with using robotics into our facilities. I've traveled around the world to have a look at different, different robotics or different automation that you can deploy in, in apple packing. And this one's definitely unique. So it started with 
a conversation and then moved into uh, them putting a, a prototype in our plant. And basically there was no commitment from ourselves beyond just working together with them to provide them with the ability to be able to adapt the technology for the application. So worked out great. They ended up doing the proof of concept, showed us what they could do. And then we ended up deploying four of their machines in our plant that following year. Fantastic. What's one thing that you think will change in the industry in the next five years? With everything that's going on in the world today, we're going to get more pressure on business planning strategies for the future. So whether that's interacting with your bank, interacting with your, your food safety auditor, interacting with your insur insurers, I think there's going to be more emphasis on us having continuity plans for businesses to make sure that if uh, another situation, not just necessarily like COVID, but maybe maybe a, a different situation comes along, uh, that we're prepared to handle it. Yeah, I know there's been a lot of webinars and talks about business risk management, especially since COVID started. But there was a study that came out with data from before COVID that said that farmers with business management plans had lower incidence of mental health crises. So it is something that's vital at any stage. Farmers are pretty good with dealing with things that are within their control. When they can control something, they can generally get their head around it and they can deal with it and they can put processes in place to work around an exception. Farmers generally have the ability to be able to adapt to situations. With uh, COVID-19 uh, and the way that it, it, it kind of came out and uh, some of the controls that are put in place by the different levels of government, it ties your hands a little bit as a farmer and farmers are used to basically getting their hands dirty, getting to work and fixing or providing solutions to problems. And it wasn't necessarily within their abilities the way that uh, the direction was given from the different levels of government to have the ability to be able to take hold of the process and, and do what was best for their operation and what was best for the workers. Yeah, like you say, so many different levels of government all suddenly telling them what to do. And often it was either contradictory or changed so quickly that, like you said, farmers are very adaptable, but you can't, you can't predict and you can't adapt to something that has no precedent. Yeah, if you want to talk about changes, I mean, we get emails every day about another change in procedure, another change in regulation, something new that's coming out that you have to be aware of at the farm level. So it makes a full-time job out of it, just looking after COVID. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a major change in the industry. What's one change that you hope happens? Yeah, so one change that I hope that happens in the, the industry is uh, there seems to be a big target at the moment for how farms treat their workers. And I think sometimes we're looking at the minorities and exposing the, the majorities to it with respect to tiring everybody with the same brush. One thing that I really hope that changes is we get some, some reality. So at our operation, we want to be the employer of choice. And we do a lot to interact with our staff and make sure that they're, they're comforted. At the end of the day, they're, they're away from home for a long period of time for the temporary foreign workers, uh, for sure. And we want them to, to feel at home and feel like family there. I wish I had a really good way to be able to share some of the things that we do on the farm with, with the, the rest of the population so that they understand that we don't need to be making statements and misleading people that, that farming operations aren't taking care of the workers because I'm sure that, that it's just like anything, there's an exception out there, but the majority of farmers value and uh, consider high, highly the work that the man and woman that come to this area 
uh, do to, to help us produce safe food here locally for, for the Canadian supply. Yeah, if nothing else, last year pointed out pretty clearly how skilled the labor is that the temporary foreign workers and the, the labor on farms does. This might be off base, but as someone who has traveled and worked on farms in other countries or like for farming operations in other countries, do you have a different perspective on temporary foreign workers than the average farmer, maybe? Yeah, if you, I know what it's like to travel around and work in another country and it doesn't take much. It just uh, it takes a little bit of comforting sometimes. I mean, we, when I grew up on the family farm, we, we used primarily transient labor. So mainly backpackers that were visiting New Zealand. Uh, my uncle would go and drive the truck and he'd basically pull up at the front of the backpackers hostel and say, who's coming to work today? Until the truck was full, he just kept accepting people. So we dealt, we dealt with people from all around the world, different cultures. And at the end of the day, just cooking a sausage and a piece of bread and beer does a lot. So what advice would you give to someone considering a career in the Canadian fruit and veg industry? I always tell people it's hard work, uh, but the payoff's huge. You have to be, uh, I shouldn't say that you have to be committed. If you want to come into this industry, be committed and uh, work tirelessly in it. Uh, you have the ability to be able to go a long way. Uh, there's, there's, nobody that, there's nobody that should think secondly about coming to this industry and being able to achieve or obtain the same things that I've obtained. Nice. You may have already answered this with the point you made about temporary foreign workers and labor on farms. What's one thing you wish people outside the industry knew about what you do? Yeah, one thing I wish the people outside the industry knew is definitely the relationship that we have with our workers. Uh, we have a lot, of, a lot of work to get done in a fairly short amount of time. And without the, the people coming to this area, uh, working on farms, we would not be successful in growing the volumes of, of food that we produce here in Norfolk County, for sure. And uh, th there's definitely a value that's established with, with the farm workers. I think uh, it, it would be a really good thing to be able to share, share more. I wish more people had that connection that I do. Yeah, many farmers are using social media to communicate with each other, but also to kind of communicate to the public things that they wish the public knew. Is that perhaps an option with the labor issue or is it maybe a little too contentious at the moment to hope that others will listen? Yeah, I think, I think people are listening. I think the, the biggest challenge is, is that, that there's a voice being shared from two different directions. It's from the farming community outward, but we also have people that, that think farmers are doing a bad job trying to share their side of the story as well, I guess. But I guess just uh, on a sheer volume perspective, just trying to get under, get people to understand that uh, those minority views aren't necessarily accurate when you're talking to the scale and, and majority of agricultural operations and the way they run their businesses. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with us? Yeah, uh, top four under 40. When I look at that, uh, number one, it makes me think that I'm getting a little closer to 40 here. <laughs> and... <laughs> brings some reality to the situation and makes you sit back and think a little bit. But I also look at it and I'm sure that everybody looks at it from this perspective. Uh, I've got many good people around me, which, which help make me look great. And it's not necessarily about the work I do. It's about all the individuals 
that are supporting me and the common goals and the objectives that we're trying to achieve, whether that be a mentor, whether it be a friend in the industry, uh, whether it be a business partner or uh, people that operate on the same level, another employee of the Norfolk Fruit Growers Association, for example, they all play a part in how good I look. So, yeah, I guess I got to say thank you to all those individuals and how they support me. That's great. Thank you so much, Hayden. Take her easy, Alex. Thanks for tuning in to Ag Annex Talks, the podcast hosted by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. You can subscribe to Ag Annex Talks wherever you listen to podcasts or visit eggannex.com to catch up on all of our other episodes.